Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster, Hipster and, and the, the Nerd, Nerd, the podcast where we discuss movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. Audio I am Chris. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host, Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing fantastic. I just got back from New Hope and I got the Fly Collector Edition, which means I have all Fly movies now on Blu-ray with special features, so that is pretty fucking dope. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, especially because today we are talking about the most recent uh, Marvel Disney Plus series. We talked about WandaVision last week. Right. Now we are discussing the other one, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not to two... be confused with Eagle and the Autumn Soldier. No, 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 no. This is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or uh, or as uh, some people like to call it, uh, two Captain America boys. They're, they're running about and they're, they're, they're going on adventures. <laughs> what I like to call it is Bad Boys 2 mcu edition uh but cat bad captain america uh, captain america uh so would the third one be captain america boys for life yes, yes. captain america boys for life <laughs> yes so what we're gonna do is we're going to quickly go through and talk about all of the episodes and chris will have lots of things to say about all the funny little things and then at the end we'll give our overall thoughts on the series since it's only six episodes so it shouldn't take that long yeah Yes. Under two hours. Probably. Probably. So, Chris, why don't you start us off with episode number one, The New World Order, not yes. a reference to the famous wrestling syndicate from WCW starring Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but no, well, nobody likes Hulk Hogan anyway because he's a dick. And well, a racist. He, he, well, he did have that one sex tape. <laughs> yeah, where he turned out to be a racist. Right, and then he got scrubbed yeah. from the histories of WWE even though... Uh, the the owner of WWE Vince McMahon said the n word live on television. Yeah, he's also Vince McMahon is also bad. Yes, and but he, we're not we're not we're not talking about wrestling. Oh. And he doesn't uh, give his wrestlers health insurance. Yeah, Vince McMahon is a bad person. And I'm so happy that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is leading the XFL now. Hell yeah! Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Anyways. Alternative football. <laughs> Anyways, episode one. New World, World Order. Order. So it opens on uh, Sam Wilson. We all remember him, played by Anthony Mackie. And he's getting dressed for, like, a formal outing. And we hear some dialogue from the end of Avengers Endgame. You know, that small independent film. Ha ha. I made a totally original joke. 
No <laughs> one's ever made that joke before. I'm so funny. Um, anyway, Avatar made more money. Only because it re-released in China. I know. Anyways, so he, anyways, uh, he, <laughs> anyways, he's, he's given up the the Captain America yeah, shield. Yeah, yeah, because we hear because the dialogue for Endgame is you know how does it feel like it's someone else's? Keep that in mind because it basically becomes the thesis of the show. But before we get to that, imposter have, syndrome. Imposter syndrome in my Marvel. What? Anyway, so before we get to that, we have an action scene where Falcon over the skies of Tunisia needs to stop some terrorist guys, including Batroc. You may remember him as the French guy that Captain America beat up on that boat at the beginning of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. No, um, I don't. Well, other people may remember that because it was <laughs> the thing that happened in that movie. So he goes on, um, he fights a bunch of people in squirrel suits jumping out of planes like uh, yeah. the bad guy from Despicable Me. Yeah, he's got this... You know, it's got this really cool flight sequence. He's flying all around the desert. Where Red is Wing Gru shows when up. Where's you need him? Where's Gru when you need him? He's busy uh, promoting more minion merch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so Red Wing shows up. His little robot. Who's Red uh, Wing? The little robot. His little robot friend. His little robot. His little drone. Found Sam has a drone. robot friend? Yeah. With a name? The, the, the drone. The That's drone has a name? Has. Yeah, Red Wing. Hold up. I never yeah, knew Wing. this shit. He says it multiple times. Hmm. I don't know about that. That sounds debatable. Well, it's, no, it's not debatable because it's what happens in the show. Isn't Red Wing like Nightwing, but like communist? No. Sounds like it would you... be a thing. Well, no. Anyways, Chris, what happens next? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, this is also where I wrote in my notes, Falcon kick, because at one point he kicked someone. That's uh... Falco. Falco. No, 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 no. If, if, you're, if we're going to reference any Smash Brothers character, it's got to be Captain Falcon, because he does the Falcon key. <laughs> no, no, Falco. Falco's top tier in Melee. Yeah, uh, but Captain, Captain Falcon... Falcon is only B tier at best. Yeah, but, Cap... but Captain Falcon is way cooler than Falco. Mm, Captain Falcon doesn't have lasers, my dude. Yeah, but he does... Yeah, but Falco doesn't have a race car. You just got checkmated. You just got wobbled, Chris. How does it feel to just get wobbled on your own podcast? Ultimate the real Melee it. fans know what I'm talking about. Well, Smash Brothers Ultimate is better than Melee anyway. So anyways, <laughs> uh, so the, the helicopter explodes. Um, I like the bit where, where, they get to, where he finally gets on the, the plane. It's like, you know, if we get to the border, he's not going to follow. And then he's just there. Like, right. what's up? <laughs> like, that's fun. And what um, happens so next after that? So after the action scene, they have a debrief at lunchtime. With <laughs> Sam and his, you said his, debrief. His, yeah, de de debrief. Like debriefing. It's a military term. <laughs> debrief. Oh, because underpants. Ha. Yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> sure. We're adults, um, by the way. Yes, I pay taxes. <laughs> See, I pay taxes. I paid my taxes for the first time this year. So um, yeah, there's a debriefing. <laughs> brief. Anyways, uh, Sam Wilson knows Arabic, um, and then his partner Torres, a new character who in the comics becomes uh, becomes the, the Falcon when Sam Wilson is no longer the Falcon. So you know, if you want to keep that in Thank mind. Thank God they're setting this up the now for when Falcon dies or has to go on to a different project, or you know, when Falcon isn't the Falcon. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this gonna be like a never-ending chain of? secondary characters filling in for other characters well i mean the so i guess the idea the mcu is going for is every character is a legacy hero okay which 
I'm not against. Anyways, Chris, what happens next? Uh, so anyway, so Torres briefs uh, Sam on this uh, terrorist group called the Flag Smashers who think... He said it uh, again. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, so the Flag Smashers... They think uh, life was better during the blip, and they want a world without borders. But they want, but and Sam agrees that that's a good idea. But they they want to get it by doing a terrorism, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty bad. Welcome to the flag um. smashers. We have coffee on the side and cookies. Now, as you all know, <laughs> we're in favor of a global united Earth, where all humans uh, hold hands together in peace and harmony. So but now get your AK forty sevens and we're gonna go. <laughs> okay, so uh, hello, I'm I'm Carly Morgenthal. I'm the leader of the flag smashers and I believe in a world united without borders, but I also love murder. So we're going to we're going to go do terrorism. How did, <laughs> how did like, a, a, a ginger teenager become the leader of a terrorist syndicate? Well uh she took that she took well we'll get into it later. <laughs> Anyways, continue we'll talk about it later when it actually comes up in the plot. Mm-hmm. Um so I also like, I, I think it's fun how there are conspiracy theories that uh, Steve Rogers lives in a secret base on the moon. Captain America and... on the moon. <laughs> moon He's Ranger. on the moon! That reminds me of um, Judge Dredd was actually sheriff of the moon for a bit. Oh. Fun yeah, and I even like when Sam, when Sam has to leave, it's like, I gotta go to Washington. Well, what, what are you doing there? Moon stuff. <laughs> Lunar activities. Yeah. So... There's a ceremony. So Sam is going to the ceremony in Washington where he is retiring uh, Cap Shield because he's like, I'm actually not going to be Captain America. Cause what? Like, you know, symbols are nothing without you know the men and women who give them meaning. Like, so then America gives it to another white guy. <laughs> yes, um, but that comes up later. Um, he's like, you know, thank Accurate. you, Captain America, but but this belongs to you. And then mm-hmm. uh, there's a little roadie cameo, Don Cheadle. Love Rody Don still has nothing to do in the MCU. But, you know, he's going to get his own show. So he'll have something to do very soon. I bet it's going to be a wacky comedy about his robot legs mis- um, malfunctioning. Actually, uh, no. And uh, he falls down is... the stairs. No, because <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a, the, the Armor Wars series, which is about uh, War Machine dealing with the fallout of, uh, of Tony Stark's uh, tech falling into the wrong hands. Oh, so the outcome of Mysterio, then. <laughs> or the outcome of Age of Ultron, or the outcome of Vulture. Oh, I mean, yes, to be fair, this has happened a lot. This is like, like a stock plot for the MCU now. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's specifically, given the title, I think it is specifically the Iron Man armor and not just general Stark tech. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So what happens next after that? But anyway, so yeah, so... So Rhodey and Sam, they have a conversation. They're going through the Captain America Museum. So I'm like, well, why didn't you take up the mantle? You know, this world's, you know, this world's really complicated. We need new heroes. You know, allies are now enemies. And I'm like, Wanda? Is he talking about Wanda? Because it takes place after WandaVision. And... Mm, I think that was just generic dialogue. But he could also be talking about Wanda. Yes. And of course, when we speak about Rhodey, we're talking about the MCU character and not the term for people that uh, basically accompany bands on road tours. Yeah, I feel like that that needs people, to be stated because a lot of people like were getting confused would, about that on Twitter. Would, under, would understand that without the clarification, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. So, anyways, so now we get to the second half of the title of the show, where we meet the the Winter Soldier. It's a flashback to Bucky when Bucky was still brainwashed as the Winter Soldier, and he murders a bunch of people. But of course, it was a flashback. It was a nightmare. 
Um, I gotta really wonder, you know, since he was the Winter Soldier, what is Bucky's favorite season now? Well, probably not winter, I would assume. Right. Not I bet it would be like autumn winter. or like uh, maybe maybe he's a spring kind of guy. I, yeah, I feel like he's a spring guy. Bucky seems like the kind of guy. I feel like his spring. wardrobe is more autumn, though. He's Yeah, wardrobe. Actually, you know what? He's, he's autumn. I feel yeah. like he's an autumn. He has I Scorpio like... energy. Definitely. He's the kind of guy who would definitely um, drink a pumpkin spice latte and give no fucks about what people think of him for doing so. Right, because he's um, 106 years old. Yeah, he's 106. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyways, Bucky is seeing a therapist for his PTSD. And uh, I like the bit where, you know, she just, you know, without comment, just starts John stuff in the notebook. And he's all like, really? Gonna do the notebook thing? Yeah, because he's what? lying about not having nightmares when he has been having nightmares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... He's been trying to make amends for all of his actions as the Winter Soldier. And we see an example of that where he immediately breaks two of his three rules for, for making amends as the Winter Soldier. Because he's not supposed to do anything illegal and he's not supposed to hurt anyone. And he, you know, like, hijacks the senator's car. <laughs> right. Yeah. This corrupt senator's car, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Bucky's been ignoring texts from Sam. Bucky's stressed out because the only calm he's ever experienced was in wakanda i'd like to point out this is twice in the mcu now where someone not answering someone else's phone has become like a, a pivotal plot character thing wait what was the first time uh in endgame remember when oh when, yeah when cap, because, because no yeah. not in endgame in infinity war when when stark and and cap weren't on talking terms yeah because yeah because and he had the he had the little flip phone that exactly uh, that cap gave him at the end of civil war yeah right, yeah I, yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about now yeah. um so anyway <laughs> um so anyways then we see bucky with uh with mr nakajima this old japanese man they have a very charming friendship they go out to lunch and nakajima helps set him up with a cute lady and he killed the nakajima's son yeah he, he killed nakajima's son and it's part of him making amends. It's an awkward conversation. It's an awkward conversation, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't danced since 1943. <laughs> that's that's fun. Um, yeah, they have, they have a nice little friendship. Uh, it's yeah. fun. Um, and then there's a point where he meets some guy in an alley named Unique. Oh, yeah, when, they, when, they, when he first meets up. Because the, 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 the scene, before they even go to lunch, the scene starts with Unique is putting his trash into... Mr. Nakajima's trash can. And Chris, trash is there some place. pivotal uh, comic person named Unique? No. Oh, okay. Well, then this <laughs> this this train of dialogue has gone absolutely nowhere. Please continue on with the story. Anyway, so then we <laughs> cut to Delacroix, Louisiana, where Sam is is visiting his home, his, his nephews. Home of Lacroix. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, uh, it, it is. I said it. It is. Therefore, it is. And of course, you know, he's, he's Uncle Sam. So it's like, man, we really should have seen this coming mm -hmm. from the kick. <laughs> Uncle um, Sam. Uncle Sam. And uh, we're introduced to his sister, mm -hmm. uh, Sarah. And, you know, she I, I like her. She's a good character. Um, and then there's one scene where he's walking by some people and he, one of them calls him the Black Falcon. Right? Oh, no, that happens in episode two. Well, I just right? mentioned it because I'd like to point out that Black Falcon is a way cooler name than Captain America. And 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 later on in the series, where where the guy's like, he's not Black Falcon, he's Captain America. I kind of went, oh, but Black Falcon's a cooler name. Yeah, but Captain America though. 
Mm, I don't know. Black Falcon. Captain America. Like, I feel Black like Captain Falcon's America. Pretty cool, though. I feel it's, like Captain America rolls off the tongue better. It's, it's like it's iconic. got like a Dolomite energy to it. You know, like I mean, Rudy yeah, Ray I, Moore. I, I I suppose, but like Captain America, he's it, that's just more iconic. Mm. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree. I suppose. Anyways, so basically, so Sarah wants to sell the the family boat to to make extra money, and Sam's like, "We're not selling this boat." It's part of our family history, and I say we're not selling the boat. I'm well, I can't afford to, to maintain the boat. It's like, well, I'm gonna help you. We're gonna go get a loan at the at the bank. But before that happens, uh, and, and they're like, we're not giving you a loan. Yeah, well, before before they go to the bank, we cut back to Bucky's on his date with the with the lady from the restaurant. It's actually at the restaurant. Oh, it's closed. Apparently, Bucky has had struggles with uh, online dating. It did not uh, work out for him. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I want to know, so the lady pulls out, so this woman, she pulls out a bunch of board games that she apparently keeps on, keeps on hand for boring shifts. And I'm like, where the fuck do you work where there are any shifts where you would have time to play board games? Like, what kind of business are you running here? Yeah, that's, that's a little weird. I mean, I want to work there, but still. (laughs) Uh... So what yeah. happens next, Chris, after that? Uh, so, th- so there's a nice little emotional moment where Bucky, he goes back to Nakajima's apartment and he wants to confess, but then he sees the shrine to his son. It's like, nope, nope, can't do this, can't do this, and then leaves. And uh, Yeah, so it's very sad. And that pays off later in, in episode six. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Then what happens? All right, so Torres goes undercover, there's Flag Smasher's attack, and then there's the bank scene where they go to the bank, uh, the bank tower actually recognizes Sam as Falcon. Um, but the thing is, so the Avengers don't get paid. Um, Why though, don't they get paid? That's honestly a very good question. <laughs> like, this whole thing seems really confusing to me. That, like, he, he all he has to do is go on, like, a fucking book tour and talk about how great Captain America was. I'm sure he could get, like, a ghostwriter to write it. I mean, there isn't really any realistic reason why he should be having financial problems. Unless, like, the blip somehow, like, erased everyone's credit scores, which I think is, like, maybe confirmed? But also, like, still, he's famous. He should be much better off than all the other blip people. Right? Hmm. If you think about it. Yes, but also, capitalism is inherently racist, and Sam is an African-American man. Hmm. But still, <laughs> with that said, yeah, why what why the fuck wasn't Stark ba- Stark like paying these people? Right, it just it, it comes off. He was weird. I guess the I guess it, the justification to Stark was well, I'm already bankrolling all of them on room and board. Why should I have to give them a weekly allowance? You see, the thing is, I was just assuming, you know, after like Shield got you know thrown away, that they were all just like making money based off of like extracurricular stuff, like. You know, showing up at schools and, like, showing up for book deals. Because well, they're imagine, basically celebrities, right? I mean, I imagine some of them are. Like, Captain America recorded... Steve recorded all those PSAs we see. Right. In, in and Iron Hulk Man. And I'm so he's sure... probably making some money. Tony Stark's a billionaire. Right, but, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure, like, Sam... Captain Falcon, you know... Falcon... Well, to be fair, Falcon is not... I... He could he could go across, like, you know, to, like, the uh, the more, like african-american communities and i'm sure he would be very popular giving tours there i mean yeah i mean of course you know there's racism 
But yeah. still, it seems like he should have some money. So it's a little weird to me. But I guess I can suspend disbelief because the stuff with him and his family is some of the best stuff in the show, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris, what happens after the loan scene, which is yeah. not as good as the loan scene in Spider-Man 2? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, that's a, it did. It did actually kind of remind me of Spider-Man too. It's like, damn, what is it? What is it? Was what is it with superheroes and not being able to get a fucking loan? Like, goddamn. Remember uh, Aunt May's toaster? Yeah, Aunt May's toaster. Honestly, I'm just <laughs> I thinking still get of this. the toaster, right? Oh no, oh, I'm no, sorry. No. That only comes with a deposit. <laughs> that only comes with a deposit. I'm I'm just thinking of the. Honestly, after this episode came out, all I could think of was the scene from from Infinity War where T'Challa's like, you know, evacuate the city, engage all defenses. And get this man alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so what happens uh, after the loan scene? Uh, yes. Uh, also, okay. One quick, po- one quick point back on that. So, th- so this fucking banker denies him. Well, you didn't have income for the five years you were dusted, so we can't, you know, trust you with a loan. And I then... didn't exist, sir. Yeah, and then the man has the fucking nerve to ask for a selfie, and I'm like. Fucking bitch. What do you think you're doing? (laughs) I feel like this is supposed to be a commentary on... In in the 1950s, there were a lot of black entertainers that, like, they would go around to shows and they weren't paid very well. And they weren't even allowed in the own... The the institutions they were playing at if they were to be a customer. You know? And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to help you out financially, but hey, I'm sure going to steal from you if we give like you know take take this fucking vibe from you with with a selfie can i have a selfie it's like fuck you yeah, fuck yeah. can you. i get a selfie with your arms out and even and even sam's like yeah, are you serious like <laughs> yeah fuck that. yeah um, all right so what happens so, after that scene Chris? all right so torres talks about how he like found the flag smasher uh the the, the leader of the flag smashers and apparently but he fought. evil ginger lady Evil Ginger Lady, though we don't know it's Evil Ginger Lady yet. Mm. Um, and uh, they have super strength, so they're like, hmm, what's that about? But then... Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, Super Soldier Serum. Uh, How yeah, did but... a, a teenager become the head of this terrorist syndicate? Well, uh, she uh, she found the she found the super drugs. Super Soldier Serum. Then she, she took the Super Soldier Serum. I was like, hey, I've got the Super Soldier Serum. I'm gonna... Wanna go do a terrorism? So it's like it's like whoever's the strongest then is the leader. Well, I don't think that this terrorist organization is very organized. Leadership is my point. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> These guys need to get better at being terrorists. These are a very it's a very it's it's a very um, loose group. <laughs> yeah, which makes it all the weirder that we're like we're constantly supposed to see them as like a big threat. Well, I mean, I, I hmm. I'm I'm not sure if we're supposed to see them as like the big threat. They are they are a threat, mm-hmm. but like they're completely not intimidating to me. But we'll get into that later. But anyway, Chris, mm-hmm. what happens after Torres finds out about the flag smashers? All right. So then the U.S. government is all like, you know, you know, we're we're all proud of heroes who who will defend Earth, but we need someone to defend this country. We need a hero for for America. So join me in welcoming your new Captain America, and oh my god! It's, it's John the, Walker. It, uh, it's the old man from Up! What? He has the same- you look at John Walker's chin. Oh. He has the, he has the same chin as the old man from Up! I always thought he'd look like 
if you merge together um, Chris Hemsworth and Rain Wilson. That is also true. But when you just when when he's got the helmet on and you, the their only main facial feature is his chin, I know a lot of people immediately jump to Carl from Up. <laughs> I did not, but that well, is completely valid if you did. So yeah, that's how the first episode ends. Let's go on to the second episode, The, the Star-Spangled Man. Yes, The Star-Spangled Man, and we open where we see that John Walker is very he's very nervous about putting on this this Captain America suit. Like, you know, all oh, this comes with a lot of responsibilities, you know, and and his, his wife. It's weird how wholesome the relationship between John and his wife is. It's Yeah, it's kind part of the shocking. messy way that this show doesn't really know how to characterize Walker, in my opinion. Like, there's some scenes when he's first introduced where he is clearly kind of sympathetic, even if he's a little weird. But I then feel like later, he just, like, con- goes into, like, blood psychopath rage. I think it's because you're you're meant to be conflicted about him being Captain America. Because on the one hand, instinctually, because we know... Because he's a new character, and because we already know who, who like, Sam is, we right. want him to be Captain America. So instinctually, your gut response is going to be like, no, he shouldn't be Captain America. Right, so my like, point, though, is that I don't feel like they, writ- they wrote a, con- a consistent character with Walker. Hmm. I feel like a lot of his motivations just sort of fly around because he's just like, well, he's crazy. He has PTSD, which, you know, is, is kind of problematic um, mine, for that mine, to be the, the major thing that's driving your villain. But, you know, yeah. anyway, I don't necessarily think that's that's entirely what it is. But whatever. So, okay. Well, I mean, um, he he's kind of awkward and kind of a creep. But besides that, like, there isn't anything to really justify the violence he goes to well that's more well his hyper violence only comes after he takes the super soldier serum and at that point you know the serum is making him unhinged right but also i think that um you know before he took the super soldier serum you know uh like he um was talking with his partner in this episode about you know afghanistan and he's like you know the things that they made me do to get these three medals of honor you know, you know, they weren't good things. So he has like this kind of moral compass where he knows he didn't do the good thing and he wants to try and do the right thing, except for the rest of the series where he doesn't do the right thing, which is like, excuse me, sir. Like, did you hear what you said two episodes ago? Walker, Walker doesn't work for me as a character at all. Hmm. Honestly, I think, I think, um, the idea of him is really good as kind of like a faux Captain America to try and go up against, you know, the new should-be Captain America. And if you played more on, I think, the race angle, uh, I think he, he could have definitely made, like, a really hateable villain uh, and really made, you know, Sam even more of an underdog kind of character because he has the backing of the United States government behind him. But instead, we get kind of bogged down in this Flag Smashers plot. And, you know, I'm not going to give my full thoughts until the end. But I don't think Walker is that great of a character. I put him on like the D tier of MCU villains, honestly. I don't think he's that great. I, I really, I I think, well, it, it's weird to say that I like John Walker because he's a fucking asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I feel like John Walker, as a, I, I love Captain America. Like Captain America is one of my favorite superheroes, particularly the, the MCU incarnation because Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, just perfect casting, brilliant performance across the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he just encapsulates the character. I love Captain America. And so to see a character who is like the antithesis 
of Steve Rogers, I think is fascinating. And I feel like John Walker works as a very, you know, you love to hate him. Type I feel character. like I agree in concept. I just think in execution, I, I don't think that's really what they did. Uh, I feel like Walker is much more messy. Like if we're talking about an, a character that's antithetical to all of Captain America's values, you could just put Nuke into this plot, you know? Well, yeah, because... but the Netflix stuff is maybe not canon anymore. Right, right, so... right. Well, if it's not canon anymore, then it shouldn't be a problem to recast Nuke. Um, but my point being is that Nuke as a character is like a CIA operative that doesn't give a fuck and does whatever America tells him to do, which I feel like that, if they just played really hard into that, like a good old boy southern asshole kind of guy i feel like that would have really worked well i mean i do i do agree that i you know if i were writing this show i would have probably leaned into it more and i would have probably made a version where john walker is the main villain Mm -hmm. and it is i I, it is admittedly i kind of agree with you that it is a little weird how even after everything he's done he tries to sort of come back and be a hero at the end except not really because at the very very end he's probably going to do more villain things right it's Um, it's very it's very messy he i i wouldn't i know i don't necessarily say messy it 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 straddles the line a lot Mm -hmm. he's 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 going back and forth a lot i would say in terms of his moral alignment but anyways <laughs> anyways um, uh what happens next in the episode right, so after john uh, walker comes out and uh so talks the, with his partner yeah so who is by the, the way whole... named battlestar but nobody in this show ever makes a battlestar galactica reference no there's no, there's no big missed opportunity yeah so so they so he talks with his partner lamar in the in the locker room it's like and that's why you failed drop class i thought i thought that was fun mm-hmm. and then all right so lamar finally is comes... battlestar by the way yeah lamar is battlestar yes um so and he comes out and there's this great big band version of star spangled man with a plan the song from the first captain america movie right and it that plays over the marvel studios logo and into the scene itself which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. he's on this whole big football field he's got this huge rollout he already has action figures apparently <laughs> Um, and uh, I do have a question of, okay, so how long has it been since the unveiling and this thing that they've had time to manufacture action figures? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess it's been, I, I, I'm assuming that they had already, like, recruited him to be it ever since, you know, they heard that Sam gave it up and they just yeah. fast-tracked that into production. They, they, yeah, they fast-tracked the manufacturing. And, uh, Which kind of begs the question, um, I think, if the, is the military making those uh action figures or is it like a private endeavor well does the military what the u.s does so does the u.s government have contracts with like hasbro or whoever i don't to, like make think actions? so but anyways no, just, I, I mean in context i mean in context of the universe i have no idea like... uh, but anyways uh what happens next anyways so um you know you gotta love that good morning american logo Lo- mm-hmm. logo uh right in the center you gotta gotta love that corporate that vertical integration vertical <laughs> Cause integration because they're both owned by disney um yes. so yeah so he gives the interview and john walker has this you know incredibly impressive resume as a soldier you know he you know he had the like high rankings and speed and agility and all that and it sort of is the beginning of what i feel makes him the antithesis of steve rogers because if you remember mm-hmm. back in the first first captain america movie back when steve rogers was the little was the little scrawny boy with chris evans cgi head Um, (laughs) you know you know steve rogers was you know he was he was a wimp you know he couldn't really do do anything and that was the point because the idea was that for the the super soldier serum they were looking for someone who was not a perfect soldier but a good man and john walker 
he is like the perfect soldier, but as we'll see throughout the rest of the series, not necessarily a good man. Right. Like, that sort of speaks to how he is the antithesis of, of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And, all right. In theory. <laughs> yep. I think in, and in, in theory, and I believe in practice, at least mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also like how we, cu- we cut to Bucky watching the interview, and he's just already done with this guy's shit. Like, man, yeah. fuck you. You're not Captain America. And uh, so Bucky and Sam meet up. It's like, you know, you know, Bucky's all, you know, you shouldn't have given up the shield. I'm like, he's right, you know. And Yeah, and this uh, goes on to be like a big argument between the two of them where they uh, end up, you know, like, I think they even end up like at like a counselor and they have to like talk yes, about yes, it. Right? That does happen. Yeah. When does that happen in this episode? Yeah, it happens. Late. It happens towards the end. We'll, okay. we'll get to it. Um, yeah. All right, so, oh, I love this conversation where they're like, all right, so we got to go. I, th- I think that might be part of the big three. It's like, big three, what are you talking about? Androids, aliens, and wizards. It's like, what, what are you talking about? They're, they're wizards, like Gandalf? Like, how do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit, 1937, that came out. <laughs> There's no such thing as wizards. Doctor Strange, a, he's a sorcerer. A sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. <laughs> that is true, by the way. Yes, um, yes it is. Um, what happens after that? All right, so so they so they team up. They're gonna go. They're trying to uh, go after the flag smashers. So they get in the they get in the plane. Like I, I like this. But it's like all right. I Sam's like I have a plan. What is it? And then Sam just jumps out of the plane. Yeah. Um, yeah. These early episodes, I'm not a big fan of honestly. These first three episodes, and I know I said I was gonna give my opinions later, but uh, I feel like the rapport gets a lot better after episode three, honestly. Because it seems like, to me at least, I feel like they're still a little, like, um, cagey around each other. And I'm not sure how much of it is the acting. It's probably not the acting. It's probably more, like, the writing and the direction. Um, But it doesn't seem like they're actually, like, bad boys-esque buddy cop, like, actually have chemistry together until later on, in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. That might also just because early on in the show they're just so they're both just so reserved as characters and it's kind of like they don't really open up at all until like later on it's almost which, like they have a character arc or something yeah they do over the course um, of the series <laughs> and i guess uh i'm i'm breaking my own rule because I'm, gi- I'm giving my opinions but I, I also feel like these episodes sometimes felt like they went on a little too long especially I mean, I... these early episodes like the stuff that happens in episode two and three could have been combined into one episode because it was a lot of just like inching the plot forward and going from point A to point B with very little of any of it actually being about character stuff. I feel like the best sort of plot is a plot where the characters drive the plot, you know, where the plot is a reflection of themselves and their own wishes and desires. But with this kind of spy thriller plot that goes on in episode two and episode three, I feel like we start to lose sight of the larger character arcs of Bucky and Sam, which I think is really the best part of the show. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, continue. What happens next? All right, so that? they get into the, so they so they so they find this warehouse. I, I like, I love this exchange. It's like, oh, you know, look at you all stealth. A little time in Wakanda, and you come out White Panther. It's mm-hmm. actually White Wolf. Huh? <laughs> White wolf. White wolf. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the flag smashers show up. They 
They're apparently stealing medicine and, and vaccines. I like to point out the Flag Smashers is just a dumb name, prima facie. It's almost like it's from a comic book or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also it's a dumb name. <laughs> I don't care. I like okay. dumb comic book names. The Flag Smashers. They're like the Flag Smashers. But different, I guess. <laughs> The flag smashers. Um, uh, yeah, uh, well, it's yeah, very difficult so, to smash a flag because it's a piece of cloth. Like you rip a flag. Well, no, you you, you take the flag, you, you rip it off of the the pole, uh -huh. and then you like stomp on it a lot. That's not smashing. That's stomping. Well, and a smash you... and a stomp are two very different things. Chris. Okay, well then you the, all right. So you lay it down on the ground. Uh -huh. And you you smash it around with your with your with your fists. I'm sorry, but when like, I hear flag smashers, I just think of someone like trying to punch a flag, and like their their hand just keeps getting uh like it keeps pushing against the flag, and they don't go anywhere because you know it's a flag, and it's or, a piece of cloth. All right, well they well they may well they may not have smashed some flags, <laughs> but what they what they did smash. Bro, was... do you even smash flags? <laughs> do you even smash flags. <laughs> but what they did smash. Cause was was Red Wing because uh -huh. Carly grabs Red Wing and, and smashes it. Oh, right, and which like, one's I, Red Wing again? That's the, the drone. robot. The drone, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so they have the, they have this whole act scene on on top of the on top of the moving truck, but then uh, the uh, John Walker and Lamar. And by the way, the truck driver doesn't seem to notice that there's two people fighting on top of her truck. Well, no, four, well, actually, like four to five. Right, because, and like, he doesn't see. He doesn't like Sam, stop or like. Bucky. He doesn't notice. Well, I think, well, because it's one of the Flag Smashers driving the truck. Right, so. but shouldn't, if, if people are fighting on top of your truck, shouldn't you, like, swerve or something? But they're just like, no, I'm going the speed limit. Just kind of, hmm. <laughs> well, the, that Flag Smasher cares very deeply about uh, traffic laws. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right, so anyways, <laughs> also like, that, that little girl kicked your ass. And uh, turns out, of course, the Flag Smashers are super soldiers. Uh, and how'd they get the serum? Well, then we're gonna find that out in the, in the later episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. So they they get their asses kicked, and they so they start they start walking. It's like sorry about Woodwing. No, you're not. And I like how so John Walker and Lamar pull up in their little buggy, but Bucky and Sam still just refuse to get in the car because they just don't want to associate with these people. I'm kind of confused also. Why do Bucky and Sam not like each other early in these episodes? Well, they, like they, they, they just sort of start exactly... off like, like well, a priori antagonistic for some reason. Well, they've never exactly been uh, the best of friends. Like, they only really, like, they, they got along because they were friends with Steve. And they, they didn't exactly have much of a friendship of their own mm. at all. And once this happens, you know, they have a direct disagreement with each other. About where, whether know. or not Sam should take up the, the shield. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, it, see, it seems like a personal decision, honestly. You know, well, Bucky, why don't yeah, you but... chill? Well, that shield's part of my. Well, I that shield's important to me. Damn it. <laughs> we'll Bucky stands are like, why didn't Bucky get the shield? It's like, well, because Bucky has other things to do. <laughs> yeah, like uh, talk to his therapist. Anyway, yeah. uh, Bucky... what happens next? All right, so blah, 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 blah. where was I? Uh, blah, 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 blah. John Walker. You were talking about the fight on top of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they the have. Vehicle. Yeah, they have the fight on the top of the truck. That's a good action scene. 
I mean, then oh, once it's okay. over. And then once it's over, so they get <laughs> so they get into the so so they finally get, agree to get in the stupid car with with John Walker, and he's like, "Well, I wanna I wanna work with you because Sam and Bucky, it's like, because you know we we we're tracking you with 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 Red Ring, and it's like, you know, we we wanna we wanna uh, we should work together. That's that should be what happens now. And I like how when Lamar points out, because as we said, his name is Battlestar. Yes, um, that's his code name. And I like how Bucky's like, Battlestar, stop the car. Like, and he just gets out. It's like, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. Nope. And again, nope, they nope. missed another prime opportunity to reference Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> and of course, you know, John, John Walker being the absolute fuck up that he is. Like, you know, I really, I really want to be the best Captain America I can be. And I can't think of any better way to do that than to have Cap's wingman by my side. It's like, fuck it. Why'd you have to say that? Yeah. <laughs> John uh, Walker, you idiot. <laughs> like, I, I feel like um, Battlestar it could have been an interesting character, uh, but, but but then they killed him. Yeah, I wish they had... I, I'll admit, I kind of wish they had done more with, with Lamar. I think I, I saw a video pointing out it would have been, you know what i'm actually going to save this for when for when that scene comes up um, okay yeah i'll talk about it later so what um, happens after they kick him out of the car just like right. uh, mr invincible does to the kid with red hair in the incredibles you mean, you mean mr incredible exactly that's what i said you can think that if you want but it's not don't um, rewind this podcast <laughs> 10 seconds <laughs> how dare you stop that <laughs> Anyways, what happens next? All right, so we cut to so Carly and the Flag Smashers are looking for they they find shelter and, and refuge because people because people are like yeah we actually support your cause so you know mind you but someone uh, is, is hunting Carly is like you you took you took something from me and now I'm gonna kill you because you took you took the like serum shit I I don't like you now and. But she want, but Carly's all about wanting to give power back to the people who who never left. Gotta like, give the power back. Because the GRC cares oh, all about the, the machine people. Fans will know what I, I, I yeah, because that. the the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, they want to just you know give everything to the people who came back instead of should doing we, something. Uh, should we explain what the Global Repatriation Council is? Because I find oh, yeah. it very confusing. I suppose we should. So the Global Repatriation Council is basically it's it's an in-universe organization uh-huh. um, dedicated to basically getting the world back to normal post blip and you know uh-huh. arranging all that sort of stuff okay so it's like if we had a global covid organization basically yes okay that's that sounds nice what's so bad about that <laughs> well because they don't care about refugees they're oh, all wanna... so they're the united states of america <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so what happens after that scene, Chris? All right. So then. All right. So then we cut to, to Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore. We, we, lo- pretty local, actually. And I like this joke about the uh, the black. I-, I think we brought it up earlier, but this joke about the Black Falcon. This black kid Falcon. comes up to him and is like, hey, you Black Falcon. It's like, actually, I'm just I'm just a Falcon. It's like, well, no, my daddy said my, you, you Black Falcon. What? It's because I'm. Because I'm black and I'm the Falcon? What does that make you, black kid? And the kid is just like, whatever, man. 
Black Falcon is actually a great name, and he should officially change Captain America's name to Black Falcon. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Consider this, Chris. Black Falcon doesn't indicate any country that at one point had racism. Well, yes, but consider Captain America is is iconic. Mm. Like you can't just get rid of Captain America. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the like, point of like Sam's arc is that yeah, it's like exactly. he later goes on to meet this one guy who we're going to talk about more, but you know, the, 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 it's this push and pull between whether or not he needs to be on his own and make his own way um and basically disavow himself of any sort of uh americana with his with his superhero identity or if he should try and change the system from within and become captain america to try and change the meaning and symbol of what being captain america and what being american means yeah that is the larger meta narrative of the story yes and i think it uh, works very well yes i i agree and speaking of that other guy, we're actually about to meet him right now. Yes. Isaiah Bradley, who is a for, the forgotten and abused super soldier. Um, he and Bucky actually fought each other during the Korean War, and he, like, took off half of Bucky's metal arm. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's very depressed and bitter and angry. How many wars is Bucky a veteran of? Uh, well... Considering that, you know, he was doing operations as the Winter Soldier for, like, 90 years, um, <laughs> I would assume probably every major war since World War II. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. He deserves some purple hearts. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I, I agree, but to be fair, he also, you know... Killed lots of people. He spent, he spent a lot of those wars being a brainwashed Nazi soldier. Yeah, and we, and we later find out that Isaiah was, like, put in this experiment with yeah. all the other super soldiers. And he was picked specifically, I think, because it's kind of, you know, implied, but specifically because he was black and that they didn't, uh, you know, think that he was worth it. You yeah, know, and well, like they they person. did it on a, they did these experiments on a bunch of people, but, right. like, Isaiah was the only one it actually worked on. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and basic... you know what this reminds me of is, um, if you know about history, and this is kind of dark, but the, tus- the, the Tuskegee experiments, the yeah. Tuskegee syphilis experiments, that's yeah, immediately it what is, it brought to it mind. It is one hundred percent the Mar- the MCU equivalent of the Tuskegee experiment. Which, experiment. if you don't know, is when the United States government gave a lot of African Americans uh, syphilis just to see what would happen. Yeah, which is actually that is like that's intentional. That was actually the basis for so Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, I was uh, wondering originate. if that was intentional or not. But it's yeah, it's, it's, intentional. it's intentional. It's intentional because okay. Isaiah Bradley originates from a miniseries called Truth, Red, Red, White, and Black. Yeah. Which is where, like, they do that. They do exactly what they describe. And Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley temporarily does become a version of Captain America um, in, that, in that story. Hmm. And then it sort of ends with, you know, but, you know, his history is erased because, you know, they don't want people to like, Black Captain America. It's just like, we don't, we don't, and we don't want that. And we don't want people finding out we did all these horrible experiments. It's right, like, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's basically uh I, I find the scenes between Sam we... and Isaiah some of the best scenes in the show, actually. 100%. Yes. I, I think it really hits down the central theme very well. And I, I think that uh, it's also some of the best directed scenes in the show. Yeah. 
So what happens next? All right, so Isaiah just tells him to get get out of his house. Get the fuck get, out of here. Get out of my house! <laughs> um, and Sam is very understandably pissed off that nobody told him about the black super soldier. Um, right. And then there's the uh, sort of of racial bias in policing uh metaphor because these cops show up while bucky and sam are arguing they're like hey well, it's not really a metaphor it's more well, just it's, exactly it's what that. it is yeah you're right it's it's exactly that um where they're like, like hey. is this man bothering you sir like, no he's not, no he's not bothering me do you know who this is and then and then the other cop just whispers in the guy's ears, oh god these are adventures I, I i i i am so sorry mr wilson i i, I didn't recognize you without the goggles <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, again, is another thing of, like, yeah, uh, if you're an African-American, like, you, you get pulled over and shit until you're in a, a celebrity, you know, and then everybody pretends to like you. Yeah, you, know? you ever think, I wonder if, I wonder if this ever happens to, like, Samuel Jackson. Like, you think Samuel I mean, probably. Jackson ever gets, like, It's like, oh, shit, it's Samuel like, Jackson. Oh, shit, Samuel Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, I'm not giving you a goddamn thing. Oh, my God, Samuel Jackson, I love you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what happens next after right, that so, scene, which is pretty good? Yeah, it's a it's a really good scene. So uh, Bucky actually ends up getting arrested for missing his court mandated therapy. <laughs> so they have to so they have to go down to the police station. But John Walker ba- bails him out. Wah, wah. Yeah, and they uh, yeah. So Bucky's therapist calls both him and Sam in for a like a mandatory therapy. Says, "All right, you two clearly have some issues." Mm-hmm. That you need to work out. And there's some great banter. The fucking staring contest. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this scene is pretty good. I do enjoy the chemistry that they have, but also I feel like um I feel like some of the rapport could have been better leading up to it. I feel like uh their relationship dynamic is a little strained here, and not like in the universe strain, but like I'm not quite sure if they have chemistry at this point honestly uh and i think that might be a hot take but uh i i don't really enjoy them at this point of the story being together i just they just sort of keep yelling at each other honestly (laughs) i do Uh, like the staring contest though i i mean the staring contest is a funny scene yes yeah um all right so anyway so then bucky explains about like well you know that shield no that's really important you know steve gave you that shield and then you threw it away and you know maybe steve was wrong about you and if he was wrong about you he was wrong about me (laughs) man that makes me feel bad (laughs) that's like some some steven universe shit right there yeah exactly yeah Uh, all right Um, so then what happens after that sam and bucky decide all right we're gonna work together on this one last thing but then we never have to see each other again thanks doc for making it weird (laughs) i feel much better and then, man, fucking John Walker. They come out of the building, and the way John Walker decides to signal them is with a police siren. I'm God, fucking hell, John Walker. Again, I'm not like I'm not like, sure what John Walker's deal is. I mean, I described to you before the show that I feel like John Walker's entire energy is I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Like, but he does have a black friend. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why he's totally not racist. Because mm. he has a black friend. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, what happens after that is uh, Barnes and Wilson again refuse to work with Walker. 
and Barnes suggests to Wilson that they visit the imprisoned yeah. Helmet Zemo. To, to go visit Zemo. We're going to go see Zemo. Now, if you Zemo... don't remember who Zemo is, like me, uh, Zemo was the villain from Captain America Civil, Civil War that showed up for like all of 10 minutes at the ending of the film. Well, no, he, he, had, a, he had a couple of scenes interspersed. Right, but he's not the major purpose or driver behind the plot like sure he's the machiavellian puppet master but he's not what the story is about i mean to be i yes fairness but you know give him credit i feel like zemo deserves credit for effectiveness as a villain when you know he did he he destroyed the avengers something that superpowered gods could not do with armies using nothing but clever subterfuge and a vhs tape <laughs> To be fair, though, he also did blow up the United Nations. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a he's a good person. I'm saying he's a, he's effective as a villain because he very right. successfully did the evil thing. And it's not like I didn't remember him. I remembered his face. I just didn't remember his name, which is weird for me because usually I don't remember anyone's faces. Uh, yeah. So then the third episode stars uh, Power Broker. Yes, Zemo offers to help stop the Flag Smashers. So Barnes orchestrates a prison riot to help him escape. And this kind of oh. gets into the, the story of how uh, Zemo goes on to try and aid them in finding out who, who basically gave them the Flag Smashers, the Super Soldier Serum. And I really yes. like the, this uh, performance by Zemo. He brings a really yeah, uh, necessary dynamic to the duo. I feel like he has kind of like a, can a Hannibal Lecter energy here. Like, you know, they, we need to go to the villain guy so that he can help us because he's the only one with the expertise to know how to do this type thing. Yeah. Uh, and he, we even get to see him like in a shot that's like comes over and we see him lying on the bed almost like exactly like Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter or Sounds of the Lambs or Red Dragon. Uh, and so, yeah, there's obvious inspiration, I think, there. Um, so, Chris, what happens after that? All right, so... Uh, blah. All right, so they... All right, so there's the GRC commercial at the beginning. There's John Right, Walker. and I feel like the GRC commercial is pretty useless. Like, what what information is the GRC commercial actually giving us? World building? I mean, I guess, but also, like, we never see or interact with the GRC in any meaningful narrative way. Hmm. It doesn't seem like it's a very important thing. Again, some of these episodes feel like they could have been cut down. It, occasionally it does feel like a two and a half hour movie that was stretched to six hours for me. Hmm. Interesting. You know? That's a, that's an interesting perspective. Like yeah. if, if this may have started at one point as a movie idea and I mean, I, okay. Was in then fairness, into I would not be surprised that if this started as a pseudo Captain America four, although they are actually making an actual Captain America four. Now right. It's going to follow on from this. Mm-hmm. But it just like, seems yeah. like if somebody could easily do a fan edit of this and cut down a lot of it, I feel like. Hmm. Down they... to at least under three hours. All right, so, so what? So get get Topher Grace on that, I guess, because that's apparently what he does for his, his free time now. Yes. Um, so the prison riot, and, and there's a funny scene where um, Barnes is like, what are you talking about? We're not helping him escape. Yeah, Bucky's like, you know, all right, just just let me walk you through a hypothetical. Can I walk you through a hypothetical? <laughs> and then they go through the whole prison break. <laughs> I, I don't like the prison break scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's it's similar. It's like I don't I, I don't like how casual you're being about this. It's unnatural. <laughs> uh, I I think that Zemo really shines in this performance. 
Yeah, uh, he, he definitely makes great. it clear that there's a lot more that could be done with his character. <laughs> yeah, and I think they are going to do. I I, I feel like they are going to do more. I think they have plans for more mm-hmm. for more Zemo. So then, after they escape, they travel to Madripoor, a criminal yeah. sanctuary city island, basically oh, yeah. a hive oh, of scum and villainy. Yeah, before they although before they get on to because so while they're on the plane. First of all, Zemo has this incredibly elderly butler where I'm like, just look. it reminds me of the butler in that uh, uh, Harry's butler in Spider-Man 3. Right. Where I'm like, just let this man retire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The wounds um, that killed your father came to his <laughs> own glider. glider. And um, I also... Uh, anyway, in that one scene, they have this conversation about symbolism. You know, like, yeah. like symbols. And, and Zemo basically comes out with this idea that... You know, symbols and heroes are bad because we put them on a pedestal. And when we let, when we do that, we basically ignore all the faults about them, which is true to a sense. But then yeah. he also goes off on some whack shit where he's like, you know, everyone's obsessed with become, becoming super soldiers. That's why the Nazis existed. I'm like, well, Zemo, I think the Nazis existed for a couple other reasons <laughs> yeah. than that. Uh, led to the nazis to ultron <laughs> to the event it's like one of these things is not like the other <laughs> yeah i also i love the conversation they have about trouble man yes where it's, it's like you know well i like i like 40s music so well, you didn't like well i liked it I, you know, it is a masterpiece chips complete comprehensive that is a great line it captures the african-american experience and sam's you know he's out of line but he's right yes (laughs) that's a this quintessential uh i disagree with someone that is usually wrong moment yeah like when like when ben shapiro tweeted against uh trump claiming that the election was rigged (laughs) heartbreaking the worst person you know just made a great point So they travel to Madripoor, criminal sanctuary, city island, run by the mysterious power broker, who definitely isn't Sharon, who you don't remember from the other Captain America movies. Also, I guess we should, uh, is this the point where we obligatorily have to bring up the fact that Madripoor, as a, in the, in the comics, is a country most commonly associated with the X-Men, so are Mm. they planting the seeds of X-Men? No. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) It doesn't matter. No, yeah, and uh, the power broker, and this, this I'm reading from a, a description here, and that actually explains it a lot easier than than they explain it. Like you hear whispers about the power broker, yeah, the who's power, the power broker. broker, and I'm like, who 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 cares who's the power broker? <laughs> who the fuck cares? It's not important to the plot. But apparently, they think it's very important to the plot. Who is the power brokers? They bring it up like nine other times. Yeah. Um, so basically then what happens is high-ranking criminal Selby reveals that the power broker hired former Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel-Bagel to Nagel. create the super soldier serum. And yeah. uh, Dr. Wilfred Nagel reminds me a lot of, um, he's basically like the scientist in Jacob's Ladder. I guess. You know, the one that um, created the drug that turned them into super yeah. soldiers and then felt bad about it. Only this guy doesn't feel bad about it. Yeah. Although I do, uh, before 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 we're introduced to Dr. Nagel, I do love... Dr. Nagel Bagel. Because they, they have to go undercover. I like mm-hmm. how Sam's like, you know, you know, I'm the only one who looks like a pimp. Only an American would assume a fashion-forward black man looks like a pimp. And they, <laughs> they go undercover and you have to for- Sam has to force this drink down. Um, I also love what they so they get with the the conversation with Selby, and in the middle of that, he gets a phone call from Sarah, and they're like, you know, put it on put it on speaker, 
and so Sam has to like pretend to be evil. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, the bank! We laundered so much money. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. And although my question is, so they put out, so they they discover that of course it's it's not they're not you know smiling tiger and Winter Soldier. It's just Sam and Bucky, mm-hmm. and and they put out a bounty on him. And my question put is, put a bounty on him. Why the fuck? Is the bounty in Bitcoin? Like, why? Because, Chris, all crime is done by Bitcoin now. Don't you oh. know that? Well, I mean, crypto is evil. Mm-hmm. So, like, I suppose it fits. But, like, so, Selby is killed. Stop ruining the environment with your stupid fake currency. That so, only Sam, matters. Sam, Sam Wilson's identity is exposed and Selby is killed. And every bounty hunter in Madripoor targets Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo. Yes. Uh, but then they are rescued by Sharon Carter. The worst character in this show. Only by default. Um, so you agree that? Well, only on an issue of technicality. I mean, Sharon Carter shows up, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this person?" Well, like, don't you don't you remember her from from Captain America? So you literally school? sent me two clips, and I was like, I felt like. You know the Bernstein Bears conspiracy theory? <laughs> I felt like I had been transported to an alternate universe where the movies I watched were different. Because this character was so not important to, like, Captain America Winter Soldier. She's turns out to be the niece of Peggy Carter. Yes. And it's weird. And it's mostly, like, a weird footnote that, like, fucking Captain America once thought about boning his wife's dead his dead wife's fucking niece which is really weird um yeah although i do like the like the the one good thing i do like about that scene is the bit in civil war where after they kiss which is weird you Mm -hmm. just cut to sam and bucky in the car nodding like (laughs) i I don't get it i don't get it because i don't even remember that scene happening um i don't remember anything about her well because her clearly you just have a bad memory boring no no i'm sorry here's the thing i don't remember boring uninteresting characters all right. Well, maybe because you should. Boring and interesting all... characters are, by definition, boring and uninteresting, and therefore do not take up brain space in my head. Well, Brian, I I don't know if you rem- if you if you read the the contract, um, but it, it it states that you are obligated by law to remember all of the various tertiary side no. from all the Marvel movies. <laughs> so you have you have clearly be- breached your contract here. Okay, fine. That's, that's not but acceptable. Sharon Carter's a boring character, you... and she's a boring character here. You. Only now she has a gun. And no, she, she has a secret a backstory, and she's the power broker. Well, don't spoil it right away. I already like, spoiled it before. So well, Sharon Carter has been living on the island as a fugitive. Yeah, from basically, who? she she's been off the grid. Why? Since Civil War, because she didn't have the backing of the Avengers after she, you know, broke international law. <laughs> oh, is this a Sokovia Accord thing? Yeah, it's because I thought she broke the, the I thought all the Sokovia Accord shit ended up being like, you know, forgiven after you know half of the population was murdered. Well, for most people, yes. But, but why you know, not she, for Sharon Carter, a relative innocent? Innocent, because she didn't have the backing of the Avengers. That's and... dumb. That's dumb. Well, uh, either way, it's also probably fake anyway because she decided to be a villain, which is right, still more of a personality. Because. The MCU at this point has not really known what to do with her character, and I feel like at least making her a villain is, you know, something. I mean, it's something, but you have to actually do something with it. You can't just make someone a villain. Oh, she's a villain now. That means she's an interesting character, right? We gave her more scenes. 
she's well, interesting she's, now, right? Well, she's more interesting. Is she though? Yes. No. Yes. No. Honestly, the idea of Captain boning his dead wife's niece is way more interesting than her character in this. No, that's that's bad. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't like it, but it is more interesting. No, it's not. It actually. is. Imagine no, if imagine just, if Captain that... America went on Mari Povich to talk about it. <laughs> no. And it became no. like a big media no, 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 no. We are not having this conversation. Line. No. No, we are not having this conversation. It's gross and bad and wrong. No. No, I am shutting this down. This is scrubbed from the record. So anyway, Sharon's been making so, a living so, selling So you don't art. like that, but you do like the movies that have that. Well, yeah, but it's because it's a very minor plot point. Mmm. Okay. So anyway, so Sharon's been making a living selling stolen art. And... Apparently, which is probably also a lie. Well, no, because she no, because she did she did steal it, and they even point out it's a real Monet. Wait, like... why did she go from being like a suburban normal person to stealing house art? Well, no, she was a shield agent. Was she? Yes. When? In Winter Soldier. What are you talking about? She was a neighbor in Winter Soldier. No, she was the neighbor in Winter Soldier, but she was also a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. What? No, yeah. she just did her laundry. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't remember this. Well, what happened? Wait, Watch what did she do agent. as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in Winter Soldier? Uh, There was a scene where she had a gun and... uh. Cause she helped. She was helping Captain America when Shield went all over. Oh, actually, Hydra now, but what? she was one of the good guy Shield agents still. What? And... When did this happen? This didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a different did. universe. All right, Chris. <laughs> Maybe you should watch the movie again, and then you'll remember. <laughs> it's Berenstein. B e r e n s t e i a e i n. Okay. It's not Berenstein. All right, Sharon Carter wasn't in any of these movies. Uh, yes, she was. The, the universe is pulling an elaborate trick on me. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Um, Anyways, so she uh, saves the trio and directs them to Nagel Bagel's lab. Yes, yeah, she decides she's going to help them. And then I love the scene of Zemo dancing. Uh, yes, they go to uh, a club and Zemo... Should we talk about the Zemo cut? Uh, no, what is the Zemo cut? Okay, so basically... So right after this episode came out, Daniel Bruhl, the actor who plays Zemo, was doing an interview and he talked about how there was like a whole extra, there was a lot of dancing that was cut from the scene, like all doing all these extra dance moves. And there was at least like 10 minutes of extra footage of him dancing. <laughs> and everyone on the internet was like, release the footage, release the Zemo cut. Did they do release it? And they did it. Yes. On the oh. like Monday after this episode came out, they did put out. The full scene, as well as a one-hour loop of Zemo dancing. <laughs> so Very they did, nice. in fact, I, release I the Zemo cut. Zemo. In these two episodes, episode two and episode three, honestly, it kind of feels like we're retreading Winter Soldier's spy thriller territory, I mean, and yeah. not very well. Hmm. Um, and hmm. but honestly, the saving grace to these episodes that don't make them completely intolerably boring is Zemo. I think Zemo really helps out these two episodes. Um, so they find out that uh, Nagel Bagel created 20 <laughs> doses of the serum, uh, which Morgenthau stole. You know, the evil ginger lady that runs the flag smash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the bounty hunters attack them, and Zemo kills Nagel Bagel in the chaos. 
for reasons. I'm still not quite sure why he did that. Because he's chaotic neutral. Okay. Well, and also because he just doesn't... He just hates super soldiers as a concept. So, right. And because Nagel made super soldiers, it's like, fuck you. Yes. And... Uh, so he kills Nagel Bagel in the chaos, and then he gets away in a getaway vehicle. And now oh, Carter... oh, I like how before that, so they have the big action scene at the yeah. warehouse, and Zemo finally puts on the purple sock that yes. he has in the, has in the comics. And Wait, like, is, yeah. that, is that a thing? Yeah, he's basically, his mask is like, it looks like a purple sock. If you, if you look at a picture of Zemo in the in the comics, uh, okay, yeah, I, I, audience, I have a confession. I have never read a Marvel comic, besides Planet Hulk. Man, fake fan. <laughs> I'm I am a fake fan because I I am not a fan of <laughs> Marvel geek. comics. Fake geek girl. <laughs> I'm not against them. I just I'm just not that into them. Um, so Carter stays behind, and Wilson promises to get her pardoned. And uh, the Flag Smashers, which again is a stupid name, raid and bomb a global repatriation council because you know I felt they felt like they hadn't done enough war crimes. In, well, in no, a bit. well, ca well, Carly was is like, well, you know, these are the only this is the only language these people understand. We have to be violent for them to right, get. Right, so the they message. just decide to do some war crimes, you know, to do the dudes to do some murder. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> just like uh, Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> hey, this is better than Daenerys Targaryen. Give it, give some credit. Um marginally only in the sense that it didn't ruin six other seasons of character development anyways so the storage facility is in lithuania while zemo barnes and wilson search for them in latvia because you know it's a spy movie it has to be in vaguely eastern european countries like latvia and lithuania which are eastern european uh, and then barnes is confronted by ao a member of wakanda's dora milaji because yeah. you know they want to know why the fuck, uh, you know, Zemo is out of jail when he killed King T'Challa. And I thought that was kind of interesting. King T'Chaka, yeah. Yeah, King T'Chaka. I felt that was kind of interesting, you know, a way to bring in the continuity a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, you you also may remember Ao as that lady from Civil War who was like, move, or you will be moved. Uh, okay, so we just covered the first half of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now we're going to cover the second half. We totally didn't uh, spend... Uh, we There aren't... There definitely are not multiple days in between recording sessions of this. It was definitely all on the same day. Definitely. Absolutely. And I definitely did not have car problems that uh, had issues with my air conditioning that then led me to have to take the day off. That absolutely did not happen. Definitely did not. So anyway, so jumping yes. into the second half with episode four, the whole, the whole world, world is, is watching. watching. So this episode opens with a flashback sequence of Ao who who we saw at the end of the last episode. Uh, it's Ao and Bucky in Wakanda. They even they, Who's Ao again? Uh, she is the... She's one of the Dora Milaje. She was the move or you will be moved lady from Civil War. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I, I, will, I will give you some credit. I actually did not immediately recognize who she was at first when I first watched the episode. No, I recognized who she was. I was like, oh, that's one of the guards from Black Yeah, Panther. well, I figured she was one of the Dora Milaje, but I think in my initial reaction video, I she's felt... She's the major Dora Milaje. Yeah, I, no, I felt really stupid in my first... Uh, when I did my first reaction video for this on Twitter, because mm -hmm. I, I, I stupidly thought she was a Koye, and I was like... And afterwards, it's like, no, wait, no, she's not a Koye. That's not the Nykerrera, you fucking Chris, idiot. you racist. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> So Ao gives Barnes eight hours to use Zemo before the Wakandans take him. Yeah. As Zemo kill their king T'Chaka. Yeah. I also I also do really like the flashback scene of Ao uh, healing her, healing him. 
and the yes and buck and when that when it they finally know that it does work and bucky like he cries tears of joy it's like it's 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 a great scene that is a very good scene i definitely think the second half of the series is a lot stronger than the first half because it actually starts focusing on the characters i would agree like overall i do like this series a lot more than you do i think but Mm -hmm. i do agree that i feel like it does definitely find a much stronger foothold in the second half and these are its strongest episodes i would say yes episode four and five are my favorites so zemo helps find morgan thou at a funeral for her adoptive mother and uh then Uh, walker and hoskins intercept them and and there's this interesting scene where like morgan thou talks to uh talks to sam wilson and sam wilson's like hey have you tried not being a terrorist yeah and, and she's like, like wow i never considered that well let me think about it like, for a couple minutes you know i can't you know i can't uh, you know i killed all the you know my, my friend over here you know the zemo guy he thinks you're a supremacist I'm like what are you talking about i don't know no supremacist well you did kill all those people well no those weren't people those were roadblocks like no you tricked me you made me sound like a supremacist <laughs> oh shit <laughs> maybe i am you doing a terrorist sound evil it's almost like the plot is writing me in unconvincing ways <laughs> anyways uh, so then they get intercepted by Walker and Hoskins, you know, war, uh, not war machine, battle, uh, you know, battle star, star and yeah. not Captain America. And yeah, then fake she's cap. all like, you tricked me. This was a setup. This was a setup to your, to your backup came because. Right. Yeah. So then Wilson speaks with Morgenthau alone and attempts to persuade her to end the violence, but an impatient Walker intervenes and a fight ensues. It's yes. a pretty good fight. It's a pretty good uh, fight. Zemo yeah. destroys most of the serum before he's apprehended. Yeah, because he Walker. shows up because because he because you know he corners Morgenthau and you know she's she stole um, uh, the super soldier. Serum. He stole the last of the super soldier serum. Uh, I think earlier in the episode yeah um, and not captain america decides to take a vial because at this moment he is feeling evil because basically his character is like one of those uh one of those uh metronomes that goes back and forth between uh but just think of it as good and evil yeah uh that is how he is because the plot uh and writing isn't that consistent with him mm-hmm. um but anyway walker and hoskins uh they basically uh they get some of the super soldier yeah because Z- yeah because zemo because zemo finds the serum and he he picks up a vial and they and make crushes all the yeah they crush them because they make you for, they make you think for a split about. second he's gonna take it and then you remember that's completely against zemo's ideology he crushes it he st- he just stomps on all of them like da, da, da. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then what happens is Ao and the Dora Milaje come for Zemo, but Walker refuses to hand him oh over. Oh my fucking god, I love this scene. Um, so, so yeah, so the Dora Milaje, they they show up at their door along with Fake Cap and Cap, <laughs> and it's just like, well, the, well, the Dora Milaje don't have jurisdiction here. The Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find themselves to be. And he's all like, mm. well, maybe we got off on the wrong foot. Hi, I'm Captain America. Why don't I just shake your hand here? And then they immediately start kicking his ass. They just beat the shit out of him. And the rest of yep. them just watch. Like, Bucky, like, mm-hmm. out, like Zemo pours himself a drink. And Bucky's just like, looking strong, John. Yep. And it's uh, Walker, uh, the, the fight happens. And the Dora Milaje humiliate Walker while Zemo escapes. I fucking Morgan... love Ao holding the shield as well. Like, she... she... She pops up. She's like, I'm the, I'm the captain now. <laughs> Chris, I think you would like any MCU character holding the shield. Well, I mean, I well, I mean, as long as they were a good. This is a call out. 
I also, uh, so this also presents a very, a very pivotal scene to John Walker's character and how he represents the antithesis of Steve Rogers, where mm. after the fight, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying about how you can tell a lot about a man by the way he acts in defeat. So, you know, you look at Steve Rogers when he, when he was mm-hmm. down. He would get right back up. He would, st- he, would pu- he would put up his fisticuffs and be like, I can do this all day. Meanwhile, John Walker, he's just whining and making excuses like, they weren't even super soldiers. Like, he's... Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's, a, there's a phrase that's uttered in, I think, the first episode, which basically is like, what, 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 what if you got all that power? I guess it just makes you more you. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a similar concept to another quote, which is, um, I forget who exactly said it, but it was uh, quoted in a Lindsay Ellis video. I know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a stan. But uh, <laughs> it's power doesn't corrupt, yeah, power absolute, reveals. Absolute, yeah, power, power reveals. And power yeah, reveals that's the basic idea of the Super do. Soldier Serum, is going all the way back to First Avenger. The Super Soldier Serum is in, enhances what is already there, which is yeah. why they wanted someone like Steve Rogers instead of like, you know, a big burly soldier guy because the big burly soldier guy might go fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Morgenthau threatens Sarah, forcing Wilson to meet with her to attempt to persuade him to join her. Uh, yes. And Walker and Hoskins engage other members of the Flag Smashers, uh, leading to another fight in which Morgenthau accidentally kills. Battlestar kills Battlestar, and uh, they killed Battlestar too early. He was very fun. I enjoyed his yeah, character. Yeah, I liked him. And they didn't make a Battlestar Galactica reference. I, I do now. agree. They actually, I think they should have kept Lamar slash Battlestar alive. And I'm gonna talk about. Uh, it was something I heard in a in another video by uh, Black Ner- by Black Nerd Comedy that suggested mm-hmm. a path to do with this character. But first, I want to talk about um, before I talk about that. I do want to talk about, I also like uh, Sarah's line during the call when she says, uh, my world doesn't matter to America. Why should I care about its mascot? I think that's a really good Yeah, line. I like that line, but again, it feels very strange that we're trying to connect this hyper-fictionalized politics about the MCU to, like, real-life racism. Well, hmm. Well, I mean... Like, it, do- it, it doesn't really resonate for me. Because it's like one one of these things is not like the other. Well, it's it's kind of one of those you have to accept that the MCU is it's is a independent. It's kind of one of those things where you just kind of have to suspend your disbelief. Like, why is Fortnite still the same in twenty twenty three when right, Thor is but, playing but it? But as stuff as, like that. as a piece of media, what I'm saying, trying to be about police brutality and race in America, it comes off less meaningful when you directly allegorize it to something that's completely fictional and with very little real world one-to-one parallels like there are obviously refugee crises all over the world but not many terrorists on behalf of refugees that's not that's not usually a thing well i mean it's Um, just it's you know the the rules of the universe it's kind of you you, it's one of those things you kind of just have to go but my my point is is from an out-of-universe perspective and yeah, I, I, I saw, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but it's just, right. you know, it, you kind of just have to deal with it. And the other... Anyway, so Walker and Hoskins yeah, so, Walker has the taken members of the Flag Smashers. Yeah, because Walker at this point has taken the Super Soldier Serum, and Sam, and I like how Sam immediately recognizes how this was a terrible idea, because as, mm-hmm. as soon as he sees what John is capable of, he's like, what did you do? Like, yep. Um, and uh, then another fight breaks out in which Morgenthau kills Hoskins and enraged by his friend's death 
and having taken a serum, Walker uses the shield to basically bludgeon to death one of the flag smashers in front of horrified bystanders who film his actions. This is a very interesting scene because, you know, it's an obvious parallel to, like, police brutality in America and people filming that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but again, with, with the whole MCU here, it's, like, kind of too away from what it's trying to represent in my opinion like one the villain the is killing like an eastern european person and like sure uh you could have this kind of concept where he goes too far with his power and then he has to face the consequences of his actions which the show kind of does yeah I would... but then also gives him an out <laughs> it, they like, they give him an out but then like they give him sort of don't. an out but then they pull him back in <laughs> like yeah, it's really weird what they're trying to do with Walker's character. Although I do think that the symbolism of the blood on the yeah, shield I was is gonna say, and a great I think, idea. I think all of this, I think whatever whatever your problems may be with this scene, that image is very powerful. And it speaks to like, damn it, Sean, you know, Steve carried that thing for decades. He never got fucking blood on it. You've mm -hmm. had this for like a week. Look where it went. Look where you are. You have failed, good sir. You have failed. I mean, Blood staining any, you know, the American flag is, is a very evocative image yeah. of a corruption of America and the American experience. And I think that is actually very uh, symbolic to what's going on with police brutality and, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Yes. Um, yes, they do. But also, I feel like, you know, it could have been done in a better way. Well, I, I think I think it worked very well. And the thing I want to talk about with with Lamar. So Blackner Comedy brought this up when he was doing his reviews of the mm -hmm. of the show. And I think a better idea to how to do this was at the where you think he's dead. Like you think he's dead in this episode. And then mm -hmm. in the next episode, it turns out he was alive and John's, you know, whole corrupt actions and the murder and the blood on the shield wasn't even the result of Lamar's death. It was literally for nothing. And Lamar, like, sees what John has done and is like, mm. whoa, what are you doing here? This is not the John Walker I know. You, you've, you've gone too far, man. I mean, to and, be honest, though, I don't, I don't like fake-out deaths. Well, I mean, I, I get what you're... I get... Bleh. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I feel like that would have... It would have... I think that would have worked in this case mm -hmm. because, like... Well, or either... Well, not necessarily in the next episode, but just, like, you know, you think he's dead for a bit, but then he, like, wakes up after John has left. Like, right. Um, um, so, and uh, I, I think that could have been interesting, but, again, you know, it's not what happened. Yeah, it's not so, what happened. The Whole World's Watching, I think, is a pretty good episode. Uh, definitely one of the better ones. And then we get into the episode Truth. Yes. So truth, Wilson and Barnes demand the shield from Walker, leading to another fight, which I think is actually one of the best fights in which Walker oh, yeah. destroys Wilson's wingsuit, and they they fight over the the shield. And there's this moment where Walker almost kills, like he's about to bludgeon uh, one of them to death, like Bucky, I think. Yeah. Which is like, damn, you really gone off the deep end. Yeah, for and, a guy and that, he's, like, he's also off saying he wanted to do the right thing, and he's also like in hard denial during the whole fight because there's a mm -hmm. point where he's, like, beating the shit out of, I think, Bucky, and he's like, why are you making me do this? Like, he's, like, he's still refusing to take responsibility. And, yeah, he rips off the wings. Mm -hmm. And he's still in this, I think it speaks to, again, antithesis of Steve Rogers. 
where right. uh, when Steve Rogers introduced himself in basically every scene, he would always call himself Steve Rogers. Like, everyone knows the Infinity War, you know, I am Groot, I am Steve Rogers. That was his whole, like, he never rested on his title. Whereas this guy, every opportunity, including now, he's like, I am Captain America. And it's like, the fact that you feel the need to prove that kind of shows why you aren't. Captain Anyone America. who says I am the king is no true king. Exactly. Tywin Lannister. Tywin Lannister. Um, yeah. Uh, but by the way, uh, with with this and Walker's characterization, I think it's kind of weird. Um, in a way, I feel like the show wants to be political and wants to be very current with what's going on now, uh, and the discourse about uh, you know police brutality in America. But at the same time, it like doesn't want to be too political. So the Walker ends up being this kind of really weird character because they want to have it both ways of he he has a tragic backstory and he's not completely bad, but he's also not a racist. Probably. I, uh, Maybe he might be. He's, he's kind it's, of... It's he, a, he gives off kind know. of... Here's the thing. Now that he doesn't have his excuse of having a black friend, I feel like mm-hmm. in future projects, he might go, he might go full on racist. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that yeah. I feel like, you know, if we're going to actually analyze why police brutality happens in America and why people with unchecked power end up abusing citizens of this country, then I feel like uh, there would have to be much more discussion about race going on here. Well, here's the thing. I do think John Walker has the energy of being a racist, but I feel like a lot of people who are racist don't necessarily know or acknowledge that they are. Right. And I think that does fit John. Like, he doesn't think he's racist. He's not right, trying my, my to be racist. My point is, is that it, it, this analysis, this kind of character study of, like, oh, what is going on inside this bad authority figure's mind, I don't think it really works that well hmm. in how they do it, at least not for that project, at least for that type of analysis. I think it's kind of muddled, honestly. Hmm. I, don't think it, I don't think it's bringing a lot to the conversation. Is what okay. Okay. It's like, well, this guy's crazy. He's got PTSD. Uh, so, so Wilson and Barnes take the shield, breaking Walker's arm, which yeah. is weird because he it, it it just heals quickly. It's probably the super Su- soldier serum, yeah. Um, yeah. So Barnes finds Zemo and Sokovia, and hands him over to the Dora Milaje, and it's very sad to see Zemo go because he basically carried the first three episodes on his back. <laughs> Uh, so while Walker receives an other than honorable, yeah, he discharge, receives an other than honorable discharge. But then he's basically a dishonorable. He's ba- yeah. But then he is met up by the mysterious <gasps> Julia Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld. Yeah, I don't know who this character is. Who oh, the fuck is this? Okay, character? yeah. To be fair, I had to look it up too. Um, afterwards. So this is uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de La Fontaine, and uh-huh. in the comics she is Madame Hydra. Okay, because this is where the show starts to lose me again, at least when we get to scenes with this character, because it's like, they just introduce her, and like she's like, oh, I'm a mysterious okay. lady with an obvious ulterior agenda you're not going to find out about. It's like, wow, All right, didn't fair- we already have a character like that in this? In- Sharon Carter? In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, the thing, because COVID kind of fucked this up, because this uh-huh. character was supposed to debut in Black Widow. But Black Widow obviously is not out yet, and so Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess she'll be in that too. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was supposed to be introduced to Black Widow and then reappear here, but, you know, 
scheduling. Yeah, it's it, again, it's like there's this weird, like framing of like, oh my god, it's this person, and I'm like, who? Yeah, I thought, yeah, like, when the heels started clicking, I thought, wait, is it gonna be She-Hulk? Are they introducing She-Hulk early on? It's, it's, it's like, wait, Elaine from Seinfeld. By the way, that's the one MCU property I'm really excited for is She-Hulk and Guardians 3. I'm very excited for She-Hulk as a paralegal. I'm very excited for my, my She-Hulk legal drama. Uh, She-Hulk legal comedy. That's... Legal comedy. Ah, well, that's gonna be great, hopefully. And I'm sure that they're gonna display legal law, the law industry, much more accurately than fucking Daredevil, <laughs> where they barely do any work. What if, uh, what if the, what if She-Hulk is where they bring back uh, Matt Murdock and they had like their, their rival lawyers? <laughs> okay, can, can, that'd actually be great. But can I go off on a tangent about how unrealistic the law is? And Daredevil. Okay, but we might have to cut it out later. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing: is that like they're like constantly going broke, and there's literally a scene in Daredevil where they're like, "Oh, maybe we should start getting clients." It's like, "Oh yeah, don't you think? <laughs> don't you think they're foggy there? <laughs> Gee, how have you been fucking running this business and paying rent for the goddamn office space this whole Yeah, time? that's a good point. Uh, what? Are, how? How are they making money if they're not getting any clients? I mean, right. I know it's and, like a and, shitty and the office. the attorney at law has a nocturnal side gig that takes up most of his time. He's barely there when he needs to be. I mean, they have, like, basically no Like, the leaders. only major case I can think of that he ever did was People vs. Frank Castle in season two. And right, and that that's like, a, that's a shitty case. Yeah, Nobody because... Nobody wants that case. That's a loser case. Yeah, because you're going to lose because he's right, guilty. Exactly. And he said so. Well, my point here is that Matt Murdock in Daredevil, the TV show, is a terrible lawyer. Uh, anyway, so Wilson <laughs> leaves the damaged wing suit with Torres and visits Bradley. Which, yeah, which of course is probably... That a black man cannot and should not be Captain America. Yeah, so... This is my favorite scene in the whole fucking show. I think it's great. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the confrontation between Sam and Isaiah is is fantastic. Like... You know, because he shows up with the shield just because Sam just wants answers at this point of like what right. the hell happened. It's like you know, Isaiah's just all like, "No, oh, those stars and stripes don't mean nothing good to me." And mm -hmm. he goes off about you know all the terrible things that happened that you know him going basically through the Tuskegee experience, but with super yeah. soldier serum, and you know he saved prisoners of war and was punished for it for like. Right. He was physically scarred, and he went to jail for fucking 30 years. And Sam's all like, but, you know, you were a super soldier. You could have been... He doesn't say it, but he's clearly implying he could have been the next Captain America. And Isaiah's right. like, well, I don't want that. They're never going to let a black man be Captain America, and a self-respecting mm -hmm. black man would ever want to be. And right. it's... And it also... Because it's a great scene. It It's, you know, it's very powerful in terms of its themes, and it also serves as a very strong character thesis for both what Isaiah has gone through up to this point and the challenges Sam is facing now. Like, right. Because the um, rest of his arc through the series is kind of, is in a sense proving to Isaiah that actually, no, there can be a black Captain America. Like, right. And, and it's this very interesting discourse really between two people of the same community. And one of them is talking about changing symbols and changing, uh, you know, heroes from the inside. Yes. And then turning them, which again draws back into Zemo's uh, discussion earlier on the plane that heroes and symbols are always corrupted. Yeah, or that, um, like, uh, or earlier in the last, or back in the last episode when he was talking about how, like, 
the idea of superheroes or the Avengers cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. Like, right, right. And th that that's very interesting also because it, it connects the Avengers and superheroes in general to systems of power, which, you know, African-Americans basic... are historically not let into. Yeah. And basically then it, it says, well, Captain America, America as a whole, they would never accept an African-American as Captain America. And there's a very interesting point that Isaiah had to say that, you know, um, that a self-respecting uh, African-American should not want to be uh, Captain America, because that's kind of an interesting concept that, you know, uh, since they've been excluded from power, that, you know, to, to basically become their mascot would be, in a sense, becoming their lackeys. I think is is the concept. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's what it's it's where Isaiah is at in terms of how yeah. he feels about the situation, right? And he doesn't believe that um, necessarily that the system and the symbols and that American culture as in a general can can evolve past uh, the racism that came before it. He mentions you know burning crosses when he grew up in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, even at yeah the red burning crosses on the fucking red tails backyards. Right, and if you don't know, the Red Tails were uh, World War II pilots that were African-American. Yeah, very, very um, famous. George Lucas made a movie about him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and he's basically like, well, you, you know, things are different. And then he asks, the, he asks a really cutting question. He's like, are they? Uh, yeah, though? are they, though? <laughs> and and he, I mean, like, he's for not real. wrong. <laughs> for real. Like, things are really shitty. Like, yeah, they're better, but, like, I mean, we still have voter suppression. We still have police brutality. We still have hate crimes. Yeah, I mean, we don't have slavery. That's good. We still, well, in in a sense, we have slavery in private prisons that that force labor. Yeah, because it, the Thirteenth Amendment makes an exception for oh yeah for, for prison for labor. Some fucking reason. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fun I facts, forgot about that um, shit. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's like, are things better? It's like, well, well. Kinda, of? kinda, of? uh, but also no. <laughs> it's like it's hard to argue against him. <laughs> right, he makes a really f good fucking point. But in the end, you know, we'll get back to this at the end. But in the end, it, they make a very powerful point that I think, you know, I think s symbols and culture can be changed by appropriating symbols that were before, came before, which again acts as its own meta commentary. Uh, on on the whole Marvel trend, I think of you know putting pe people of color, yeah. uh, making them uh, basically persons of color, different Marvel characters. Yeah, you know, because like, now uh, that Captain Marvel. Because now that of the, especially now that the phase most of the Phase One team is either retired or on the way out, we're we're getting into the legacy hero phase of the MCU with this yeah. and with like Hawkeye because like there's a Hawkeye show coming out and that's going to be Clint training Kate Bishop, right. And, and 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 as like an LGBT person, um, I think the, the, this really speaks to I think a dialogue a lot of minority communities have when um, certain struggles become like mainstream. Like uh, happy pride, marriage, by the way. <laughs> yeah, happy pride. Same-sex marriage became like legalized in 2015, and when I was like coming of age, and it was crazy to see the switch in public opinion. And because of that, a lot of communities, um, they were like, well, we still want to stay separate. We still want to have our own communities. We don't want pride to be mainstreamed by corporations. And it is kind of this yeah. back and forth, I think, between representation and, and commodification. 
you know yeah i think and, that and I, I think it's very interesting this scene i would like i'm i'm very i'm looking forward to the day when the autistic community can even have that debate because we kind of still can't <laughs> we can't yeah, we're not even not, that far yet honestly there, there's not enough good autistic rep i think we can we can all agree yeah mm-hmm. i, I, I uh, look but, i look forward to the autism acceptance cereal box yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what you guys have now you have the pride cereal box <laughs> is the... there a, is there a, i'm sorry i don't know this but is there like an autism uh pride month uh there is, is autism like acceptance month in april um oh. but usually unfor- unfortunately one we've had to a lot of the times it's spent focusing on telling people that it's not autism awareness month because autism right. awareness is what autism speaks came up with and fuck those guys right right and also yeah, yeah. a lot of the times it's about times the cele- celebrities who do talk about it are talking about charities that want to commit genocide on us <laughs> You mean like Autism Speaks? Autism Speaks, Next for Autism. There was that one. You talking about Jim Carrey, by the way? We can just name drop here. Fuck Jim Carrey. Wait, is Jim Carrey... I didn't even know Jim Carrey. Is that... Jim Carrey? No, no, Jim... Actually, I think Jim Carrey believes that vaccines cause autism. Wait, when did... What the fuck did he say that? (laughs) I believe he said it at some point, but we're getting very off topic. I I feel like you might have taken that back by now, but anyways, back to the episode... Uh, but I'd also like to say that I, I look forward to the day when Autism uh, Acceptance Month uh, gets co-opted by corporations. <laughs> Honestly, though, I'd take that over not being acknowledged at all. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's a good joke with every every time June comes around, we're like, corporations, they love us now. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then once July comes, they're like, they, we don't love you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> anyway, after that... Sorry, uh, we got off on that big tangent, but I think it was a fruitful discussion. I th- yes, I I agree. We might we might uh, even so, keep it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so Sam goes back to his family in, in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and uh, I really love this scene also because I love yeah. all the family stuff with Sam Wilson. I think that it's a really underutilized section of the plot, except for uh, in the fourth episode of the first episode, which uh, I think do it really well. Yeah. So basically, so because uh, they they still can't fix the because it goes back to the damn boat. Yeah, yeah, because they're apparently trying to fix the boat, up the boat to try and sell it. Because apparently to... now the boat can't be sold because it's, like, beyond fixing or it would cost too much to fix. Right. And all, you know, well, you know, my family's well-being is a part of the world if I'm going to save the world. And, you know, how many people still own stuff from, from mom and dad because their, their mom and dad were, you know, super, you know, they were they were super beloved in the neighborhood. It's like, well, right. so he basically calls in all of the family favors at once. Like, hey, <laughs> help us fix this boat. Yes, and even Bucky and, shows and, up. Even Bucky shows yeah, up yeah. to help fix the boat, and he flirts and with Sam's sister. Um, yeah, he's like, "Do not flirt with my sister." By the way, I found I found like this weird discoursey bit on like some reviews where they're like, "Bucky Barnes is framed as the ignorant white man," and I'm like, "What? Why? <laughs> How? I don't get why. I don't get I, why I, people I, want. I I don't get that read at all." I, yeah, well, I don't get why people want Bucky to be an ignorant white man. In the same way, I, I feel, th- I feel like it's more like they they want him to be, or they think it'd be more realistic. Yeah, I guess. exactly. I don't, I don't get why people want that. It's the same reason why I don't like the idea of, oh, if Steve Rogers were around in the forties, people were, he would be really racist. And that's what, and that's the. To be fair, if Steve Rogers did immediately come back from the past, he would be using outdated terms well, and then immediately apologize when he found out they were now offensive. I mean, yes, but you know that <laughs> that you know that line of thinking is what gets you to the ultimate universe, Captain America, and ultimate Captain oh, America God. sucks. 
<laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> like, I'm not saying he'd be racist. I'm saying he would, at the beginning, be a little accidentally racist. Yeah, but Ultimate Captain America, they ran with that idea of, oh, he would actually be racist. And, like, no. And that was awful. is that is that the one where he says he hates France? Yes, the is that the <laughs> one where it's like, do you think the A on my helmet stands for France? <laughs> it was so bad. Fuck it's France. so bad. Every th- okay, brief if tangent. French people are, are watching this. Go home to your baguettes. <laughs> brief okay, brief, brief, brief tangent. Your cappuccinos. We, brief tangent before we get back Actually, to the that's actual Italian, discussion. My bad. Basically, everything about the Ultimate Universe, other than the Spider-Man stuff, is Spider-Man stuff and Samuel and Sam Jackson-inspired Nick Fury is fucking awful. Like, <laughs> it's all terrible. Like, the fuck, like, like uh, Captain America's an asshole. The Fantastic Four ass. Everybody's a fucking asshole in the but Ultimate Chris, Universe. But Chris, it's dark and edgy, like the '90s. Oh, and they. Oh, and that's also where they have Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver incest, and it's terrible, and I hate it. What? Yes. What? Yes. And Wolverine watches. Is this like? Is this like something <laughs> from fanfiction.net? No, no, it's it's real. It's real. Oh God. It's real and it's terrible. Oh God, why? I don't know. Basically. Anyways. <laughs> so they fixed the boat. There's a boat and uh, Barnes helps deliver a briefcase uh, from the Wakandans to Wilson. Yes. And Barnes and Wilson train with the shield. They have the little Rocky moment, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, to them, move on from yeah. their past and work together. Um, I also like how Bucky eventually comes to accept, because there is this kind of idea, I think, uh, underlying some of Bucky and Sam's interactions that Bucky feels like he should have been Captain America. Yeah, because America. there's like, because even in a lot of the pre-release marketing, there was a lot of like, who will wield the shield type stuff, when right. it's clearly Sam. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's gotta yeah. be Sam, yeah. obviously. Um, and I, I like that he eventually comes to understand that, you know, Sam getting it is more important. Yeah, I also like how... And he starts supporting him on that yeah. journey. I also like how this clarifies that Steve did tol- to, did tell Bucky about what he was going to do. Right. Because well, um, it, it's I, nice to know that, it wasn't ju- that he didn't just, you know, show up out of the blue one day and be like, All right, best friend, here's the shield I'm giving to the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I really like... Um, how they turn it into an underdog story. Like, yeah. there's the Rocky montage. And, you know, they train a lot. Yeah, the, and yeah, I, the... I like that a lot. And then the Flag Smashers plan an attack on the GRC conference in NYC and are joined by Batrock, yes, who Bat- you might remember as... He was who the guy. He, again? he was the guy from the first episode, and he was the guy that Captain America beat up on that boat in The Winter Soldier. The French guy. I, I do not believe you, but anyway. It did Carter happen. Watch the hires. movie again. Yeah. <laughs> And then in a mid-credit scene, which I, I, I didn't watch, I told Walker you to watch a new the shield credits. from scrap metals and his war medals. Yes, he did. Yeah, he makes his own shield. I uh, what did I? I told you you had to. You needed to watch the post-credit. <laughs> all right, all right. Brian's soapbox minute. Post and mid-credits things should not be a thing in television. <laughs> all right, stop it. Get some help. All right. Look, it's Marvel tradition. We have to. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. All right? Because television shows, immediately once you get to the credits, you don't watch the credits. You skip on to the next episode because you're binging. All right? Well, so this was now released what you're well, people do Brian. is fast forward through the credits to the mid-credits scene, then fast forward through the other credits to the next episode. Brian, your argument, your argument is automatically rendered moot by the fact that this was released week to week. I understand that, <laughs> but also I feel like it works better watched back to back. 
I suppose. Honestly, uh, like like WandaVision works well with time in between the episodes, I think. Yeah, I've, I've seen that argument come up before about like, oh, Falcon and Winter Soldier would have worked better if as uh, all at once. Personally, I still I'm still fine with the week to week because I'm really getting I'm getting really fucking tired of six hour movie of six to twelve hour movies that I have to binge in a weekend. So to be fair, that's what this show was to me. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's because you didn't watch it week to week like you were supposed to. <laughs> anyway, so Walker builds a new shield from scrap metal and his war medals. Um, yeah. cause apparently he doesn't give a fuck about them war medals. So well, no, well, no it's symbolic world, because people. it's like, oh, I'm going to put my war medals in the shield because now I'm going to be the real Captain America with war. Yeah. Again, I would have really preferred if this was just fucking nuke. Well, the Netflix stuff isn't even canon anymore. I know, Probably. but just imagine Nuke coming uh, coming out with, like, his red, white, and blue, and he's, like, talking about killing the Taliban or some but American bullshit. But I also bullshit. feel like most people, be hilarious. If, 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 if it had been Nuke, I feel like most people would have just been really confused. Like, wait, am I supposed to know who this person is? Were they on the Netflix show? Am I well, supposed no, to watch the Oh, no, that's why you reintroduce him. That's why you reintroduce him. Like, mm. soft reintroduce. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so... That uh, brings us into our finale. One world, one, one world, people. One people. The evil slogan of a terrorist organization. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, so... Wearing a new Captain America uniform and flight suit from the Wakandans, Wilson flies oh, to New York to stop the flag yes. smashers. Sam, An attack well... with the help of Barnes, Carter, and Walker. Uh, Except, you know, Carter is actually evil, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Alright, so, first of all, fuck yeah, Sam Wilson, Captain America. He shows up, he's got that suit. It, first of all, the suit fucking gorgeous look the at suit that. is pretty goofy but i kind of like it but it's it's captain america like it's a it's it's inherently a little bit goofy because it's like right, fucking right, right. Star again Star. i'm not saying that's that's a negative i'm saying it's goofy and i like yeah, it. yeah it's good i love how the his fucking wings are red white and blue so he's like he's he's gone from a falcon to an eagle uh, basically yes. so <laughs> and it's comic Carter... accurate so yes because carter accidentally reveals that she is the power broker to batrock yeah, and because... kills him while Wilson attempts to reason with Morgenthau. Yeah, because um, there's this whole... Sharon is the power broker. This is a plot that means absolute... Plot twist that means absolutely nothing to me. And it'll probably be important later. <laughs> probably be important later is Marvel Cinematic Universe's way of wasting your time. Mm, until it actually becomes important later. And then you're like... Well, I think the best Marvel stuff is stuff that, like, you can watch on its own, and then, like, the little things that set up other things are, like, very, very minor. Whereas this show has, like, a bunch of stuff that's, like, setting up shit, Hmm. and I'm like, okay, (laughs) it feels like I'm looking at a 20% complete building or some shit, except this is a (laughs) mini-series. Okay, you can can think that if you want. I like the the fight between Cap and Batroc. It's a good action scene. Um, so, uh, so Carter reveals that she is the power broker and kills Batroc, and Wilson attempts to reason with Morgenthau before Carter kills her as well. Um, you know, because, like, there's the whole, uh, she gets attacked, and then she's like, oh no, I'm dead, but oh wait, I have a gun! Bam, bam! And that's a really easy way to get rid of your villain who's sympathetic, is just have the person you just revealed to be a villain do it. No, it's, it's, uh, she, she had to, she had to do a noble fact. And we have a fake out death. I'm kind of iffy on this last episode, honestly, besides the suit and the action. I also, I also like the scene where, when, when John Walker comes back and he's acting all super tough and then his shield gets, and then his homemade shield gets immediately destroyed. 
Like, it gets crumpled like it's a fucking, like fucking aluminum foil. <laughs> yes. So Wilson convinces the GRC to postpone the forced relocation of displaced yeah, people his, that his... Morgenthau died fighting for her. Instead, make efforts to help them. Because he's like, media, you gotta do better. Politicians, you gotta do, you gotta do better, fuck Senator. You. <laughs> Senator. Fuck you. Like, Senator Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Senator Mitch McConnell. You gotta do, like, you know, all you, you people are constantly calling them terrorists. And it's like... The terrorists and thug, like, and no one asks why they're doing these things. Why would they question mm -hmm. the government? Maybe it's because y'all are a bunch of bad people. <laughs> and he's like, terrorists and thug is an easy way to not actually look at what people yeah. are fighting for. And I'm like, oh, he's dropping bombs. He's dropping son. fucking truth bombs on them all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. And even it's like, oh, you wouldn't, and the senators try to be like, oh, you wouldn't understand. It's like, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. Like... <laughs> You wouldn't understand. It's very complicated. Um, so yeah, uh, the remaining serum-enhancing flag smashers are caught by Barnes and Walker and sent to the raft. Yeah. Which I think is the prison yeah. everybody went to after Civil yes. War. Yes, yes, you right? are correct. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's the superpower are... prison. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like points. I'd like to be thanked that I actually remembered a piece of MCU lore. Yeah, you like, did it. A minor piece of lore. You did it. Uh, but they are killed by Zemo's butt. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because the van gets blown up, and then they cut to... Osnick. They cut to Osnick, the butler, and it's like, it was Zemo's butler all along. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the guy who's, who puts the... He closes the door, the security guy, he's like, one world, one people. So you think, oh, that oh, guy's in on it. But then it's like, it. kaboom. Kaboom. No. They're all dead. So DeFontaine gives Walker a new uniform and code name, uh, U.S. Yeah, Agent, because which, he... again, is a way less cool name than Nuke. Yeah, Hashtag but... bring Nuke back into uh, the uh, MCU. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I want my Z but, yeah, but John villain. Walker. Yeah, but no, this is accurate to the comic. John Walker is canonically the U.S. agent. He's like an evil, evil Captain America. So. Yeah, that's also what Nuke is. Well, well, this is a different. I'd like to point out that evil Captain America represents at least like three or four villains in Marvel, right? Well, yeah, but this is yeah, but he's got an actual shield, so he's like directly evil Captain America. Mm. So Barnes makes amends and with also everyone this, he uh, hurt. Uh, to talk about this. This adds yes. to. Because my current theory um, is that uh, Allegra, Allegra de La Fontaine, uh, Valentina Allegra de La Fontaine, is basically going to be the evil Nick Fury, and she's going to gather all the, you know, the people who are going to be the Thunderbolts, who are the evil oh. Avengers. Well, then Ross Thunderbolt's also going to have to be a part exactly, of it. Exactly, yeah. I think he's going to be... And they're finally going to do something with this character. Yeah, I think he's going to be Red Hulk. I, I think Good. they're finally, finally. going to pull the trigger fucking on Red Hulk. Finally. Yeah, fucking finally. About damn time. Uh, anyways, finally, I give him a re give a reason why he's the only Incredible Hulk actor they actually brought back. I love the conversation that happened in episode five, where um, Sam is like talking to Bucky about his his list, and he's like, you know, you were you were doing it to make yourself feel better, but you got to actually try and like help people, and I'm sure there's one person on that list that needs closure. So then Barnes, this inspires Barnes to go back to his, you know, his Asian friend. What's his name? Nakajima? Nakajima, so that he can basically confess to murdering him yeah, it's like, and tell him what happened yeah, to his like, son. Your son was killed by the Winter Soldier. And it was me. Why? Well, that's a very long story. Basically, I was, I was brain, I was, you know, basically I fell off a train this one time. And then I was uh, taken in by these the, the Hydra soldiers, like the, the neo-Nazis. And then I was brainwashed and frozen and re and unfrozen and refrozen for a number of decades right it's a it's a very long it's there's a, a whole, whole movie thing. about it yeah, yeah. 
So, um, and then he, the Winter Soldier, um, he basically, yeah, he apologizes for all the things he did as a Winter Soldier. While Wilson has a memorial dedicated to Bradley, added to the Captain America. Yeah, Museum and he exhibit. even he takes because he meets up with Isaiah again, and Isaiah's all you know, like I saw what you did on TV, you know, you're special, you know, you know, you're not Malcolm Nelson, you're not Malcolm or, or Martin or Mandela, but you know, you're you're pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. And so, then he takes him to the Captain America Museum, and there's a whole the whole statue and he's all like oh like you know now they'll never forget which yes so uh, in a mid-credit scenes after receiving a full parter pardon carter rejoins the cia and attempts to use access to sell government secrets and resources that's uh, the power broker and another I... mid-credit scene i did not see i also do like how w when the credit they change change they change the title to from the falcon and the winter soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yes. Yeah. So, Chris, overall, what did you think of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Overall, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed this show. Um, it, it had its bumps. I don't think it was... Uh, it was not quite the all-star success of something like WandaVision, of, but they're aiming for two different things. I don't really feel like the comparison is that has that much value, to be honest. Um, but overall, I still really enjoyed the show. I like the dynamic between our two main leads, Sam and Bucky. Um, I think Zemo was a fun addition. I think John Walker is a very fascinating character as a love-to-hate villain. I think the Flag Smashers work for what they are, even if it's a little bumpy in terms of the allegory. And, like, maybe they shouldn't have been that sympathetic when, you know, they still love murder. <laughs> and you know you could you could make the case but overall i thought the action was great i thought they d had some really you know clever and often profound you know political commentary and themes of you know race and what it means to be an american what it means to be black in america uh you know the mistreatment of veterans and and ptsd yes. and yes. you know it was overall uh really enjoyable stuff and i also look forward to uh captain america 4 which is being d written by the showrunner of this and will be all you know a sam wilson cat movie yeah um yeah um, i felt like the falcon and the winter soldier was very uneven it had moments of greatness uh but overall i think that the villains really weighed it down the thing it really reminds me of is iron man 3 um, now I know you disagree, but I'm not going to relitigate the Iron Man, Man Three. I'm is not absolute garbage. I'm not going to relitigate the Iron Man Three debate. We'll save that for when we eventually talk about Iron Man Three on the show, which we will. We'll cover all the MCU Probably. movies. Yeah, we'll um, cover all the MCU movies. But basically, eventually. my problem with Iron Man Three is like you know, there's like a lot of great character work, but it gets bogged down in this bizarre, not interesting, bad villain plot. And that's kind of how I feel is that, like, whenever the Flag Smashers are on screen, my interest, like, dips a lot. Um, the first, episode 2 and 3, uh, felt a lot less good than 4 and 5, in my opinion. And I think part of that is I felt like they were trying to recapture the magic of Winter Soldier in the spy thriller kind of aspect without having, you know, like, the Russo brothers' energy of, you know, like, fun and fast pace. And occasionally also I feel like the pacing felt very strange in the show where like a lot happens, but it doesn't feel like the plot moves very fast. Um, and in that way, I felt like sometimes it seems like a two hour plot concept that would stretch out into six hours. But besides that overall, I think it's a decent time. Um, if you're really into Bucky and Sam Wilson and the MCU in general, you'll probably like it a lot. Uh, overall, I think that it is 
not the best Marvel TV show. It definitely a step down from WandaVision. But again, they're going uh, for two very different things. I don't really feel Yes, like. they are doing very different things. Um, but uh, I'd say that it is on the lower end of my opinion on the Marvel properties, which doesn't mean it's bad. That means it's mid-tier for most uh, entertainment, by the way. There's only one MCU thing I dislike, and that is um, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Um, so... yeah. So, yeah, but overall, I think The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is decent. It has really interesting ideas, but uh, it's thematically a little messy, and the villains could have used a lot of rewrites, I think. So, yeah. Uh, Chris, what are we doing next week? Uh, oh, before, before we get to that, we should clarify. Yes, we are going to talk about Loki eventually, when it's done. Yes. Uh, because Loki's coming out soon. Uh, like, a, uh, actually next week at the time of this recording. But oh, we, shit. Yeah. So you can actually watch that week to week. Anyways, Chris, what are we doing next, next week? Next week, yes. Uh, but you know, next week, uh, I know Brian will be very happy about this. Rocketship Roulette is back. I know we, we've been, you've, a lot of you have probably been waiting a very long time, but yes. Roulette is back. I know we, we ended on, on a plot cliffhanger and you've all been waiting. Yeah, I know. I've, se- I've seen all of the zero tweets demanding the return of Roulette. I think it's at least nine. Well, nobody, well, nobody fucking uses the hashtag except me. So if, if, so all right, if all right. are, you ready? You ready for my trailer for the next episode? Oh, oh, you have a trailer prepared? Have a trailer. Okay. On the next episode of Rocket Ship Roulette, we find out the true origin and conflict of the Flepians. Oh and also, um, you know, we watch a couple movies. Yeah, because specifically, we are talking about, uh, as previously scheduled a very long time ago at this point, uh, we are Kinji talking... Fukusaku's Battle Royale, Battle his Royale, last film. And Starship Troopers, by, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Mm-hmm. So, hope you all look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, this has Who been... Is Starcock? And Starcock... <laughs> I fucking forgot you named the character Starcock until like last week when you brought Star-cock. it up. Starcock. Starcock. Anyways, this has been Hipster and the Nerd. We do this every week. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much all of your major podcast platforms. Please leave us a nice five-star review. Uh, spread the word on social media. Share it with all your friends. Hashtag Hipster and the Nerd. Help us grow the show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, I am Chris Hanna. You can find me at MegaNerd98 on Twitter and on Letterboxd, as well as my WordPress page, MegaNerd's Musings, home of Amphibia fanfiction and eventually other things. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at your local CD shop buying more CDs because I need music for my car and my blue and it doesn't have a Bluetooth. (laughs) Uh, Or you could find me on Twitter at Brian Brecker. Or at your local uh, coffee house, gay bookstore. Yeah, that's J.K. I actually, I don't, I don't read. <laughs> you don't read. <laughs> uh, or you could find me on Letterbox at Breck Two. Almost forgot there for a second. Uh, <laughs> I bought the Fly collection recently, so I just watched Return of the Fly. Not as good as the original '50s Fly. Uh, and now I need to see the Curse of the Fly and uh, rewatch the Fly too. So it's going to be a, lo- a big Fly time. All right you know? then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So does Pretty that include for a white guy? Does that include does that collection include the the gold bloom one? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, and they're all on Blu-ray. It's Shout Factory, it's a great set. Uh it's only yeah. $60. They they really they're the ones who did the uh Gravity Falls complete series Blu-ray. 
for the yes. for the unaware. And Shop a bunch Factory of, is awesome. Yeah, Shop Factory is great. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time.